Welcome to Soccer Morning on World Soccer Talk. Here's your host, Jason Davis. Good morning, everybody. Welcome into Soccer Morning. WorldSoccerTalk.com, I think. Are we on WorldSoccerTalk.com today? I don't know. It's Christmas Eve. It's one of those days where, yeah, my kid's here with me. Hey, say, say Merry Christmas to everybody. Merry Christmas Eve. All right, Merry Christmas Eve. There you go. Very technical. <laughs> uh, we, uh, this is going to be one of those shows where I'm just going to let loose a little bit. We, we've got some confusion as to whether or not we're on World Soccer Talk today because it is Christmas Eve, and I think the assumption is we weren't doing a show, but we are here. I'll be on Sirius XM later on today in my usual time slot. Uh, we do have some news. We don't have any guests because it's Christmas Eve and everybody's busy and they're doing stuff, and I understand that. So we're going to be dependent on you with your phone calls. I don't know. I might uh, wax poetic about some nonsense at some point today, uh, but it's going to be a good one. I- I'm-, I'm looking forward to it. It is the last one before the holiday, obviously, for all of you that celebrate Christmas. Merry Christmas. Let's let's start with the news. Let's start with Louis Van Hall. Manchester United manager holding his pre customary pre-match press conference yesterday, uh, and it didn't last very long. Less than five minutes at the mic for Louis Van Hall. He did not like the questions he was asked. Here's the audio uh, from that appearance. I only say now, I am focused on Stoke City. I help my players. I wish you a Merry Christmas. And maybe also a Happy New Year when I see you. And uh, enjoy the wine and the mince pie. What, Goodbye. What did, what, sorry, what did I'm telling you. Louis Van Hall just dropped the mic. I enjoy that. Enjoy the wine and the mince pie. Goodbye. And the best part is he sort of rhymes. Enjoy the wine and the mince pie. Goodbye. And he also says... Maybe have a good new year. <laughs> I'm not sure about your new year, but maybe have a good new year. Louis Van Hall, very upset yesterday. United takes on Stoke City on Boxing Day. Captain Wayne Rooney says Van Hall has the players' support in the dressing room at Manchester United. Uh, but he does have an ultimatum. Sources say United is sticking to an ultimatum that Van Hall must win his next two games in order to retain his job. This comes after Saturday's loss to Norwich City because the previous to that game, it was win two out of three. Well, they lost the first one. Now he's got to win two uh, to keep his position, apparently. Montreal Impact have confirmed that there are talks over the future of Didier Drogba and his possible return to Chelsea. There were rumors in the aftermath of Jose Mourinho's firing that uh, Chelsea wanted to bring back Didier Drogba in a coaching capacity. Goose Hiddick is now on the job at Chelsea as the interim uh, boss, and he desperately wants to bring Didier Drogba back, according to every news story that's been written about the situation. The club, meaning Montreal Impact, have issued a series of tweets. They did this yesterday. Uh, Here you go. We are currently in contact with Didier Drogba and Chelsea FC. We are doing everything we can to have him back with the Impact in 2016. We understand his attachment to his former club and his desire to help them we are willing to accommodate him but our objective is to have him back for another season as agreed in his contract this situation is out of our control we would like to thank our supporters for their understanding and their patience if i'm a supporter i have no understanding and i have no patience he has a contract uh what possible way is he going to just uh, renege on his contract this is a very weird situation for me to have the club out in public tweeting uh, basically that they have no control of the situation. Uh, these are really these are things best held, uh, best done behind the scenes. Uh, I understand wanting to keep your fan base informed, but when you look like the weaker party, uh, it's very strange. Uh, very strange indeed. And this comes after the Impact issued a tweet during the rumor period in which they said there was no contact, there is no truth to the rumors. So clearly there was truth, and they lied in that situation. Or they were premature, which, again, does not make them look good. Former Philadelphia Union boss John Hackworth has returned to the uh, U.S. soccer fold as the U-17 head coach. Hackworth Hackworth replaces Richie Williams, who just left for a job uh, with Royal Salt Lake's coaching staff. Hackworth was previously... Uh, an assistant and the head coach with the U.S. Uh, U-17s going back a decade. In related news, Empire of Soccer reports that Brad Friedel will be named head coach of the newly created U.S. U-19 team, but also keep his job as a Fox 
pundit. So uh, that's a very interesting situation there. Why we're recycling John Hackworth seems to be an issue of contention with a lot of U.S. soccer fans. Uh, is this really one of Jurgen Klinsmann's picks, or is this just part of that network recycling itself uh, that pre uh, predates certainly predates Klinsmann's arrival in the U.S. soccer job? Uh, he uh, Klinsmann did issue a statement saying, "Welcome to Hackworth. He's a good coach." Blah blah blah. But what else would he say? ESPN FC has reported that the LA Galaxy are in talks with former England international Ashley Cole. Uh, Cole has made 11 appearances for Roma. He did those were all last year. He has not played in the current campaign due to a contract dispute. The 35-year-old previously said he wasn't ready to quote relax on a beach unquote in regards to uh, to offers from Major League Soccer. This was back in 2014. Uh, so apparently he is ready or he's listening. Uh, why the LA Galaxy would be chasing Ashley Cole? I have no idea. Don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Cole has 107 caps for England. I guess that means something. He certainly has something of a name in the world of soccer. I guess that's why you sign him. Build is reporting that Pep Guardiola has accepted the managerial position at Manchester City beginning next year. Remember, he's leaving Bayern Munich in the summer. Manuel Pellegrini's contract doesn't run out until 2017, but apparently the club could not pass up on the opportunity to sign up Pep. So here you go. Uh, Manchester City flexing their financial muscle. I imagine this will be a significantly rich contract for Mr. Guardiola as he steps into the fray at the aspirational Manchester City. All right, that's it. Christmas edition. That's it for the news. Christmas edition of the show happening now. Pretend it's like a Christmas special, like one of those British shows that Trevor likes so much. You like British shows, right? I have no idea. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, phone lines will be open. It'll be up to you to fill in the rest of the show. Soccer Morning, WorldSoccerTalk.com. Be right back. Welcome back to Soccer Morning on World Soccer Talk with Jason Davis. I feel like I should just let that play, let the music play out. Never do that. I always cut it off fairly quickly so you get into the soccer. But, you know, again, it's Christmas Eve. You guys probably don't know what the rest of the song sounds like. And then we also end up with some issues on YouTube when we do that. Or I could just or I could just do this. I, I haven't even warned Trevor that I'm going to do this. Just a little background Christmas music. Little 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 uh, jazzy rendition of Jingle Bells? No. <laughs> really, at this point, uh, uh, <laughs> on Christmas Eve, uh, with everybody busy doing family stuff. I mean, the question is, why are we doing a show? But it's mostly because we want to be here, kind of. And I got to go do the Sirius XM show. That should be fun. And I was thinking, like, should I be? Should I be doing one of those gimmicky shows? Like, what Christmas gift uh, would you give your favorite team on Christmas? Blah, blah, blah. Blah, 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 blah. I got it. Something like that? No? Or is that is that really hacky? What's going on with my sound here? I think I think all the I think the uh, music is drowning out my microphone. Maybe I don't know. What's the right level for that? <laughs> oh, it's turning me down automatically. That's why. It's auto adjusting. <laughs> That's Skype messing with my settings. All right. Who's the biggest Grinch in world football? I like that one. Trevor, it's a very good one. Who's the biggest Grinch in world football? I don't know. Uh, you know, is it, is it Jose Mourinho? Guy's such a Grinch over there. Like, he's always, uh, he's always Grinching it up. <laughs> Man. Yeah, I don't know why this keeps messing with my settings here, but I'm just going to leave it. Yeah. We'll fix it. We'll fix it. Oh, Trevor already wants to, to quit on the show because of the Christmas music. Oh, that's, what's wrong with this? This is like nice and low key. 646-832-3909. You want to jump in on the 
the, the, the Christmas spirit. I, I, I made a joke this morning about being drunk on eggnog. I kind of wish I was drunk on eggnog right now. Or, better yet, we could do, uh, we could take, I, like I said, we could do, uh, in the style of the British television shows, we could do our own, there's the end of the music, my apologies for that. We could do, um, we could do our, uh, a, a, a Christmas special, but I don't know what a, what a soccer morning Christmas special would be like. Here, here's the thing. I've never watched a Christmas, spe- Christmas special. I, I've never, I've never seen one. Like I, I know Doctor Who does one every, every year, right? I have no idea what that's all about. Like, do they, is, is does Santa Claus show up in the Doctor Who show? Is that how that works? Like, I don't know. Mike on Twitter, 19, uh, Thomas19064. Uh, <laughs> Trevor doesn't want Christmas music. Looks like he's the biggest Grinch. Bum, bum, bum. Trevor Hayward, soccer morning Grinch, right here. <laughs> on Christmas Eve. Let's go up to, uh, let's go up to Queens and talk to our man Bill. What's up, Bill? Hey, Jason. Merry Christmas. Hey, Merry, Merry Christmas, Bill. How's it going? All right. Hey, uh, so uh, riding the uh, subway to work this morning, noticed uh, a fair number of people wearing shorts. As it's going to be 72 in the city today, and yeah, uh, yeah, what's I up found with myself that? wondering if uh, if uh, if this weather, obviously record-setting as it is, is more of a uh, shift of things to come. How warm does it have to get in December, January, and February <laughs> for us to seriously start talking about All right, so, subject, so, the, uh, the winter schedule? So I like this. You're rolling out the climate change argument for switching the schedule, right? Essentially? <laughs> it's not my fault that uh, it's, it's 72 degrees in New York. I'm just saying that, uh, you know, if, if we're going to have weather like this, then yeah. that kind of uh, eliminates that Full argument that oh it's too cold for us to go ahead and do you're, it. It would right. be nice to uh, go out and watch a game at Rebel Arena today. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. If we end up with uh, if we end up with 65 degrees, 70 degrees throughout the months of December, January, February into March, then yeah, we should switch the schedule. I I, I mean, there's no argument against it. Then I, I, my argument goes straight out the window because my only argument against the schedule switch is that it's damn cold in northern cities in the middle of winter usually, but apparently not anymore. Apparently not anymore. Indeed, man. Yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, if this is going to be more of the norm, and if uh, and if conversely it's going to get hotter in the summer, I'd prefer to uh, to be out here when it's a little bit chilly than uh, you know to be you know baking to death in a you know hundred degree weather in July, like has happened to us uh, on a number of occasions. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it gets it gets really hot in the summer. That's not fun, and it apparently doesn't get cold in the winter anymore. That's uh that makes it uh, that makes it the, again that throws that the, it throws the the argument against switching the schedule completely out the window. I I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's do it. Come on, Bill. Let's do it. Who do we need to talk to? Oh, I have no idea on that. Hey, uh, one other thing. You had uh, you had uh, the uh, the other Bill from New York on the other day talking about the uh, uh, the Red Bulls Academy. What is your thought on the uh, eleven homegrowns that we now have uh, in the team? Almost an entire starting 11 of the yeah you know i i was uh talking about this a bit yesterday on the on the satellite show um it's it's good but again my issue is is there a clear path for these guys to get better and continue developing i mean just because they're just because they're graduating from uh the academy doesn't mean that they're necessarily going to be arriving as fully you know as fully complete players so we need to see them given the opportunity to continue to grow, and maybe that's what you, the the Red Bulls two team, uh, the role it can play. But these guys are signed to the to the first team. I mean, they're gonna have to go on loan if they're gonna go to Red Bulls two. So, uh, we'll see how that goes. And I'm pretty sure that they, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that they mentioned that to them that this is likely what the what the plan is. I, I doubt any of them were were signed under you know the false pretense of them you know lining up uh, to play you know Toronto on March six. So, although you know if they prove themselves in you know in the in training camp and and some, you know, unfortunate injuries come their way. Who's to say that they can't? It's certainly considering that the team has, you know, the, uh, you know, wants to do something in the Open Cup, has CCL to deal with in the late summer and in the fall. I mean, this is the kind of depth that that you want to have going into those campaigns, especially now that the, you know, the, the two teams can't compete in the Open Cup. Here are all these guys that won't be cap tied to that team. They can just be, you know, um, or cup tied rather uh, to that team. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, it's it, it, it on the face of it, it's a good thing, Bill. It's it's nice to see the Red Bulls making an investment in young players and players that they've developed, and 
you know, if you just want to take it at face value, it's, well, they, the, the academy is turning out pros. But again, we don't know what kind of pros are going to be yet. You know, a lot of these guys did that, you know, did that, that half measure thing that we're still seeing in American soccer where you, you're part of an academy for an MLS team. You, you hit a certain level and you go to, uh, I don't know what's going on with my, my system. Sorry. You go to college for a little while and then you sign your contract. And, and that's, there's nothing wrong with that necessarily. I just don't know if it's, if it's the way of the future, if it's the, if it's the full ex, um, you know, the full expression of what the academy system is supposed to be. Well, especially that you can, you can do both really. That, I mean, some guys like Etienne, you know, played with the two team, uh, for parts of last summer. And then, you know, once the college season began, went back to Virginia. Had a very good season with uh, Virginia, and now he's you know he's able to do both because they you know those academy kids they can go to the USL team on a on an amateur contract. It allows them to kind of to experience both, and then if they're if they think that they they can do it on at least the USL level, then they can come right up. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's good. Uh, it's good thought, Bill. Appreciate the call, man. On a Christmas Eve, but happy holidays to you. You too, man. Take care. Right, there goes Bill up in Queens. Uh, one of the bills. We got numerous bills on this show. Apparently. You know, just Bill's popular name. 646-832-3909. Uh, people on Twitter trying to, trying to help us out. Filling in, filling in some of the gaps here. Uh, Alexi Lawless wants to be all serious. Alexi, I, I, I mean, I mean, I could talk about your question. I just don't care today. <laughs> I mean, I, I sort of do, but I sort of don't. Alexi Lawless on Twitter. Do you think the 2015 FIFA corruption investigations would still have occurred if the United States had been awarded, awarded the 2022 World Cup, that is obviously Sepp Blatter's insinuation or accusation. It's not an insinuation. It's a flat-out accusation suggesting that uh, the reason that all everything is blown up in FIFA's face and the reason that Sepp Blatter himself has been suspended and all this, uh, this, the, this stuff has happened is because uh, the United States was not given the World Cup in 2022. It went to Qatar and everybody was pissed off here and they sicked the dogs on FIFA, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, no, I don't... I, I mean... God, uh, I, I hope not. I, I've said this before. I hope not. I hope that Loretta Lynch and the Department of Justice and the FBI were going to go through the um, it, they were going to do the investigation regardless of what happened with the U.S. bid for 2022. But then again, if the World Cup's coming here and you investigate FIFA at the risk of, of having it taken away, then then maybe there's something to it. Maybe there is something to it. I mean, it doesn't mean that there wasn't corruption happening, obviously. So I'm not sure I'm overly concerned about it. Uh, but it is possible. Seth Blatter might be right. I mean, there, he might have a, a point that we're, we're not sitting here watching FIFA fall apart piece by piece, scandal by scandal, if not for the World Cup going to Qatar in 2022. Uh, Kyle on Twitter. Thoughts on Manchester City's new crest? Saw that. Thought it was nice. I don't, I don't, I don't, the the whole eagle thing with the, I don't, that's too much, or it's too old fashioned maybe for me. I mean, I don't mind old fashioned, but that's not really a timeless badge. The new one? It's pretty slick, actually. I like it. I actually do like it. I don't know how Manchester City fans feel about it. Manchester City's changed a couple of times over the course. Everybody's changed a couple of times over the course of, uh, of history. Is what because I'm American, Trevor? Is it because I'm American that I like it? It has an old boat. Yes, it does have an old boat. So does the old one, right? That's like a Manchester thing. Like they have an old boat on their city badge, on their city crest, so that they have an old boat. Old, old, old boats are old, old, say that like 10 times fast. Old boats are really cool. Everybody likes old boats. All right. 646. 832-3909 if you want to call me. We, uh, we're hanging out. It's Christmas Eve. I, I haven't subjected, I, I got rid of the, um, Christmas music because I think it was messing with my, uh, my mic settings. I think it's still messing with my mic settings, unfortunately. Uh, nothing I can do about it now. Uh, I don't have any Christmas music uh, queued up. So there you go. Uh, today is basically the last day of school before summer vacation where even teachers are playing board games with students. That's from Nick on Twitter. This is very true. That's kind of how I feel. Last day of school feeling. I mean, there's a last, there's a last day of the year feeling when you have winter, uh, <laughs> winter break. Uh, and if nobody does anything before you, you go home, 
Uh, for Christmas. <laughs> Trevor, don't do that. Don't do that, Trevor. Don't do it. Uh, Jim on Twitter, conspiracy theories take away from the simple fact someone squealed, crime family, no innocence, blah, blah, blah. That's true. I mean, that's what, that's my point from Jimmy on Twitter. It, it, it was happening. I don't, even if it, even if it, it would have meant, um, taking the World Cup away, I would have hoped, I hope it would have happened anyway. And now Alexi is upset with me. Just trying to help find, how about this? Will MLS have a female head coach in the next 10 years? If not, why? No. Uh, MLS already has a diversity issue with head coaching positions in the league. Uh, we have, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, every head coach except for Oscar Preha is, is, is white. Is that correct? Yeah. We have, is that, is it, uh, Ben Olsen, Jay Heaps. Well, now you have Patrick Vieira. Okay. That changes the dynamic a little bit. I forgot about him. Uh, so you've got one black coach. Not African American. Let's not use that because he's not American. One black coach. You've got, uh, white guy in Columbus. Um, white guy in Kansas City. White guy, well, uh, Pablo Mastorani. Okay. He's, uh, Latin extraction. Um, Siggy, Bruce. I don't know. I mean, we don't have any diversity in the head coaching ranks as it is. There's no sign to me that anybody's going to be willing to step out of the box and, and hire a, a female head coach. So no, Alexi, I don't think so. And I, and, and basically because of sexism. I mean, what else, what other reason is there? Um, you know, I've, 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 we've never broached the subject. We haven't broached the subject on this show probably in a manner that we should. And, uh, we'll put it out there on the, we'll put it on the list for 2016 to talk about. Uh, race in American soccer is something I've wanted to examine. Uh, I know, some of the, uh, Yanks Abroad, the, the Yanks Abroad, the crew did a, a recent special, our, our friend, uh, Neil did a recent special with, uh, Meridi Morungi, a guy I like a lot who works for Fusion these days. And they talked about race in, in American soccer. Something, uh, I mean, if we're going to be serious here for a second, really, uh, it is an issue that I want to explore. Uh, when we talk about gender in American soccer and that kind of thing, a female head coach, that's certainly on the table as part of the same discussion. Because again, people are, are locked into their little, uh, their little world and they don't take a step out. And, you know, when we talk about coaching in general, just to widen it beyond soccer, why is, I'm just going to put this out there and leave it hanging. Why is it okay for there to be a, a Gino Oriema at UConn coaching women's soccer, but oh, a woman can't coach the men's game? And we do have, I think, one assistant coach in the NBA these days. I think that's right. And that was San Antonio. So, and, and there's, there really is no argument, uh, um, for keeping women out of coaching men and vice versa. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, who's the biggest Grinch in all of soccer? <laughs> John, did we, was John not listening earlier? <laughs> the biggest, we already did that, didn't we? Uh, my Grinch is my top Grinch. Um, wow. Let's see. Who's my top Grinch in soccer? Um, Diego Costa is my top Grinch. I hate that guy. I really do. I hate that guy. I don't, normally I don't mind. The guy who likes to mix it up and isn't afraid to, you know, stick in an elbow here or there if it gives his team an advantage. But Diego Costa goes beyond the pale. I think Diego Costa is my biggest Grinch. Um, let's see. Uh, what do you think MLS will do with conferences when they reach 28 divisions? Maybe, maybe. I mean, you could have, see, this is the thing about getting to 28 teams and then let's imagine getting to 30 teams. If you get to 30 teams, uh, that's, um, that's, uh, 15 teams in each conference. A round robin schedule within your conference is 28 games. You tack on a couple of games across the, the, the conferences and then you've got a 34 game schedule. At some point, it's, it's possible. I don't think it's likely because of MLS. And you really, you don't want to, you want, you don't want to eliminate, um, games, possible games between New York and LA and that kind of thing for marketing reasons. But it's possible that at some point MLS could have enough teams that they can have two separate conferences and have within those conferences um round robin a round robin schedule a balanced schedule within the conference like the old MLB situation with the American League and the National League and they didn't play outside the leagues before interleague play in the good old days MLS could go to something like that how many teams would it take 18 in each conference right to have a 34 game schedule if you had 18, if you had 36 teams, a lot more teams 
And I don't know if we're going to get to 36. I'm just saying that if we are going to keep expanding and there, you don't see an end in sight, it's possible you could get to 36 teams. That's um, 18 in each conference and a, uh, a balanced schedule inside the conference is 34 games. There you go. Uh, who are your expansion teams 26 to 28, assuming Miami's 24 and Sacramento's 25? Bill Reese. Uh, let's see. Right now, if we're doing power rankings right now, uh, I would put uh, San Antonio in that mix, and I think the Spurs getting involved uh, pushes them up that uh, up that the the rankings a little bit. So that's uh, let's see, San Antonio twenty six. Trevor, who else? Charlotte. Are we going to throw Charlotte into that mix? St. Louis. St. Louis needs an owner. I don't want to see St. Louis playing in an NFL building, but that may be the only option. I don't know if MLS pulls the trigger on that. Where else? Vegas? Uh, I don't know about Vegas. Detroit? I'll say San Antonio. I'll say San Antonio, Charlotte, St. Louis. Those, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. That's, am I missing somebody? Who am I missing from the, the expansion list? I mean, uh, everybody's, everybody's targeting MLS expansion. Just saw that story about Nashville. Yeah. North Pole. Santa Claus FC. Wait, there already, that already exists. Uh, let's see. Um, Mike on Twitter. What sort of boost would closed conferences do to the U.S. Open Cup? I mean, yeah, it, you kind of see a knock on effect there, right? If you had closed individual, if you had conferences and they played inside the conference only, then the only time you're going to get games outside the conference, is in the U.S. Open Cup. That's that could be a boost to the U.S. Open Cup. But again, Mike, I don't think it's I don't think it's likely. If only because if you do conferences, you do eliminate certain matchups from happening in the regular season. And MLS is definitely a league that is conscious of we've got to match up this team and this team because it brings us more attention. I mean, you can't with with Eastern and Western conferences. You can't do too much of that, but you can have that game a year between LA and New York or, uh, or, or Seattle and New York or whoever, whoever you imagine your biggest, um, your, your biggest teams are, your biggest markets are. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. Uh, John, uh, John's saying Sacramento. We already included Sacramento as team number 25, John. So team 25, Sacramento. Then it's 26, 27 and 28. Who do you think those teams are? Uh, what cities could those be? Uh, will we see a league with no turf in the next 10 years? No, Jordan. I don't think that's likely. I don't think, I think more, what more likely to happen is that the turf continues to get better. The artificial turf continues to get better. Um, and that becomes the justification for hanging on to it. And maybe what you'll see is the league mandate a certain level of artificial surface, uh, or a, a regular replacement schedule. But I don't think you're going to see, uh, re- artificial surfaces go away completely. Uh, sorry if I missed this already, but do you think there could be eventually be a central conference in MLS? I hope not. I, I don't like three. I don't, I like symmetry. I don't like three conferences or three divisions, Matt. So I don't, I don't like that one at all. Uh, let's see. Uh, Jordan, will someone defend Alexi in the next 10 years? Hey, I don't, I'm not giving Alexi a hard time, am I? All right. All right. Uh, Jordan, uh, sorry, John now. DC, Seattle, RSL, LA. Which team has the best shot at the CCL? Uh, Seattle's gonna get, okay, not waxed, but Seattle's gonna lose to Club America. I don't see that happening. Uh, RSL and Tigres, that's really, really tough. Uh, DC United against Carretero. I don't know what kind of D- team DC United's gonna have, and Perry Kitchen's not gonna come back. That's a big loss for them. That's uh, per Stephen Goff. I-, I guess the Galaxy? I guess they have the best shot, but I don't think it's a best shot. It's a great shot. I don't think it's a great shot at all. 646-832-3909. Here's the deal. It's Christmas Eve. We're hanging out. My kid's here. He's already said Merry Christmas. Sorry if you missed that. Uh, we're taking phone calls. We're only going to be here if you want us here, which means you better call in. And, uh, you know, these tweets are good. We'll continue to take those for the time being. And I've, I've stopped the Christmas music. I can definitely bring that back. If, uh, Trevor, should I, should I, should I bring back the Christmas music? Okay. Uh, if Garber and, uh, U.S. Pres- U.S. President, I imagine U.S. soccer is the word here. Uh, Robert says, if Garber and U.S. president had their way, would an MLS Cup winner and a U.S. men's national team get a spot 
in the Champions League and the Euros. <laughs> um, I no, that's such a weird thing. Uh, I'm not. I don't know. I have I have a problem with the conceptual idea of anything American partaking in anything European like that. I mean, there's there's a reason those geographic divisions exist. Let's go to Mike. Stopping that from happening. You know. Hey, Mike, how are you? That's my only question. Hey. You were you were you were asking it before you were on the air, so why don't you restate it? I was just wondering how come we can't get promotion and relegation to the MLS, and you know what? What are the leagues going to integrate? You know, like the. Uh, that's because, my only because well, I mean integrate. You mean uh... <laughs> okay? So, sorry, Mike. I'll I'll answer your question. All right, so um, I think Trevor was in the middle of answering that call when I took it. That's that's just the Christmas spirit. I'm being so magnanimous here. Uh, why why can't we have promotion and relegation? So here's our next hour of programming. Uh, okay. Uh, no, uh, we, we're not we're not doing that today. We plan we're planning on doing a big uh, examination of that in the near future, with as little of of me as possible. By the way, I'll be here. Directing traffic, but uh, I think we're going to plan on something in the in the new year. Um, mostly because the owners in MLS don't want it, and NASL is not strong enough. That's why. That's why it's not happening right now. Yeah. Six four six eight three two thirty nine zero nine. Bill on Twitter: Can Wellington Phoenix of the A League play in the Asian Champions League despite being in New Zealand? No. No, they cannot do that, Bill. Wellington Phoenix plays in the, uh, it's very much like, um, I'm trying to think, uh, there's, there's a, there's a good example of this in this part of the world. I just can't think of what it is. 646-832-3909. My brain's shutting down. It's, you know, it's Christmas Eve. And I still have, after this, after we get done with, with this show, I still gotta go to, uh, do two hours of satellite radio. Can we finally free Trevor? Trevor can open his microphone anytime he wants to. I'm going to just say that, okay? Trevor Hayward could be on the air right now if he wanted to. The issue has never been we've locked up Trevor and he's not allowed to come on and talk on soccer more. The issue has always been a matter of will on the part of Trevor Hayward. So uh just so you know, all right, he's telling me right now we would have a feedback loop issue right right now the way that the tech is set up if he opened his mic it would come back through the system and and it would be very bad audio wise so okay okay we'll give him a pass today just know it's always about trevor and not about me matt in tennessee on the air good morning jason first off want to uh wish you a merry christmas and try to save you from an hour of promotion and relegation conversation well look i mean here's uh, before we move on to your topic matt which is a good one let me just put this out there again it's christmas i'm feeling good um yeah you know again you know i love the spirit of this time of year and whether or not you celebrate it's uh, i certainly wish your family uh the best as we get into the new year i don't mind talking about promotion and relegation i don't I don't mind talking with people who are rational about it. I don't mind talking to people who want it to happen. I mind talking to people who are angry, who are militant, and who call me names. There it is. So go ahead, Matt. Exactly. Well, and and especially people who have, I guess, some ulterior motives to wind to move things around. But back to the point of potentially a central conference, the reason why I absolutely dread it is the idea of the ratings that would come out of a league that is nothing or a conference that's nothing but Houston, Dallas, Chicago, Kansas City, Colorado, um, not necessarily teams that get great TV ratings, well, is, but from a, from, that, a, from a league balance standpoint, it, it could be great because you then have each key, each team within that central conference play each other twice, and then you play everybody in the other two once. That gives you a 30-game 30, 30 league, and potentially gives you a little bit more room for U.S. Open Cup, for um, Champions League, for other things. So uh, just an opportunity so you don't have that complete well, isolation, which I think, unfortunately, if you don't have the New York-L.A. matchup or you don't have the the Seattle crossover for folks going over to the East Coast, you limit that TV opportunity. Yeah, you know, there's a couple of things that you've laid out there, Matt, that are definitely uh, in play. And one of them is the relative strength 
of the markets and the teams at the time of of um you know reorganizing the league of uh, changing the what, what what do they call that? I can't remember. What's the the word for when they change divisions and whatever? The, the, whatever that is. The conference realignment. Realignment. That's the word I'm looking for, Matt. Thank you. When they realign, they're gonna is is none of this is gonna happen in a vacuum, right? It's not just like what are the teams geographically? How do they break out? Let's do a division with this team and that team and that team because they're all in the general area of the country, the same general area of the country. No, they're gonna go. Well, we can we do a division with Chicago and Kansas City and 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 Houston and Dallas when, you know, yeah, like you said, strength wise, market wise, popularity wise, television and rating wise, they don't bring as much to the table as the West Coast does or the East Coast does. Um, you know, you, there, there may be some creative way to do it—a a northern division and a, a southern division, or or you could go old school NHL and just sort of randomly group teams and call the the divisions nothing related to geography at all and then so so you're not creating divisions in a vacuum you're you're even if you don't want to consider market strength or team strength it's impossible to push that bias out of the process right and then Absolutely. and as you said you could have a situation where it would it, it would balance out the league a little bit better if you had if the smaller divisions and then the game totals to play everybody in the division home and away. But I don't think that's going to happen because the league, at least for the time being, because the league is very much tied to their ticket, ticket sales and 34 games is the number that the owners want at least. Yeah. Agreed. Well, and, and again, uh, at some point in time, I think college football is going to go the same direction of a, a purely geographic setup where the haves and have nots will be split up, but I don't want to see MLS go to, uh, splitting all the haves into a conference and the have-nots, um, even though we do win our fair share of championships, uh, have all the have-nots in a single conference and watch the ratings just sink for that group. Yeah. All right, man. I appreciate the call, Matt. Look, smart smart takes there from Matt on the, on the future of, of MLS alignment. Again, you add teams. If you go to 28, now you are talking about, okay, how are we going to divide these up? And especially when you're going to be talking about some teams that are, uh, well, whatever. Jonathan Tannewald's on the air now. Hi, Jonathan. I just want to wish you happy holidays. I appreciate happy like happy you. happy holidays would, to you. Would Donald. be fine with promotion and relegation if it didn't blow up the entire damn sport in this country. Should we institute it five minutes from now? <laughs> well, that's just come on. That's just a small thing to consider. I mean, you know, it, it, whatever uh, details, Jonathan. Come on. Have you riled up the last couple of days? I've had too much work to uh, Well, you know, I, I imagine it's been well. Well, we won't go into the whys, and you've been fairly public with some of that. But you know, it's it's it, when you get to the holiday season and you've had some of the stuff happen in the year that you've had happen. I imagine it's kind of hard to reconcile all these these things: family and good times versus all of the other stuff. Uh, what else do you got for me, Jonathan? Uh, just that if, if your listeners out there who keep complaining about, you know, Major League Soccer's lack of relevance uh, and this, that way, or the other would like to have my job for a day and try to go up against the people who I try to convince that it matters all the time, uh, they're welcome to try. Sure. I don't think people – do you think, do you think people complain that, that, that there's – that there are people, I mean, look, you have the anti-MLS faction. We'll, we'll push them to the side just for a second because this is really about the people who want MLS to be bigger and more successful and more popular complaining about something is what you're telling me. I, I, I just sort of recognize the condition for what it is. Are there people act- actively saying, why don't you cover MLS more and putting that on your shoulders? No, I, well, they're not putting it on my shoulders specifically. I'm trying to certainly ask my organization all the time. Uh, why it doesn't cover soccer more, and the answer is because the demand hasn't been proven for it, and yeah. if you really believe in something like that, then you have to call your local newspaper or whatever it may be and tell them. Yeah, you know, and I don't know that we're, I don't know that something like this is even conceptually uh, feasible, but, you know, it, it, we're almost, we almost need some sort of big moment where, and because this, the divisions in the, even in the soccer community, this could probably never happen on a, on a large scale, but we kind of need this moment where the entire soccer community of America rises up. Everybody calls, you know, everybody calls the, the, <laughs> the managing editor of every newspaper in the country, every television station in the country, uh, every, every you know, deluges, uh, ESPN and Fox with, um, you know, a, 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 a show of force that, hey, we're here and we want more. But even then, it's, it, it probably doesn't make a dent because there, it, it, that doesn't come from 
the ratings company. You know what I mean? And it, it's not even that. Even if, even if that happened, and this is what I think a lot of people don't get, even if that happened, it still wouldn't be that many people. Yeah, no, this is true. I mean, again, I talk, we, John, we, you and I have had this discussion. I talk all the time about the bubble, and I know I live inside the bubble, and I try so very hard to pull myself out, you know, to pull out of the bubble for per, uh, per, uh, perception's sake and and recognize. And, and, and I feel sometimes like I'm being a, a wet blanket. You know, I go on Sirius XM yesterday, and I talk about where this, this sport sits in the general conversation. I go, it doesn't matter in the general conversation. It's not part of the general conversation. And I, and I feel like I, I wonder if people are sort of like, shut up, man. Like, why are you doing? Why are you talking bad about soccer? And I'm not. I'm just recognizing the fact of the matter. We can, we can, you know, we can crow about the TV numbers that, that the Premier League is getting and the, the impressions that MLSsoccer.com is getting and the digital side of things and, uh, look at all these jerseys that you see now. But it's still a, it's, it's still such a small, uh, you know, such a small group of people in the grand scheme when compared to anything else that has been around for a hundred years that it's, it, it doesn't really, it doesn't really combine to, well, now it's time to, you know, now they're going to include this in, in, you know, we're not going to see MLS topics on first take. Not that I want them to be there, but you know what I'm saying? You said yesterday that you wanted, you know, the great hope is that some sugar daddy a la Josh Harris comes in and spends an enormous amount of money on Major League Soccer and does all of the various things. Um, Josh Harris, who is going to spend his money on Crystal Palace, it seems to me for the sole reason that English clubs make so much from television revenue that he'll just make it all back. Yeah. Um, it needs to be said of a guy like him that he doesn't have very much expertise in running successful sports teams. So be careful what you wish for. Right. All right, uh, John. I got a bunch of people lining up for this uh, this 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 holiday extravaganza we're doing. Uh, appreciate the call. You got anything else before I let you go? You want any final words? Yeah, I, I I just I I wish I wish for your uh, for your listenership. I wish that they should go out of their insecurity. In okay. The All right. Thing. No no insecurities in 2016. Jonathan Tannenwald, the goalkeeper on Twitter, Philly dot com. Thank you, Jonathan. Again, happy happy holidays. As always, you're welcome. All right. Thanks, Jonathan. <laughs> Jonathan Tannenwald, great stuff, him. All right. We got uh, Bill up in New York, who's on the air now. Hi, Bill. Grayson, how's it going? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Bill. Happy holidays. Listen, anytime you go to Red Bull Arena, if you run into somebody and you don't know their name, just call them Bill. You're probably <laughs> right. <laughs> That's the feeling I get up there in New York. <laughs> we all just name ourselves Bill. I don't know why. I think we're all running for something. <laughs> but uh, I wanted to talk. I, there's a couple things I wanted to talk about, actually. But the one thing you're talking about us getting the league getting more and more teams and getting so big and everything else and like how we're going to do the conferences and everything else like that. And I am not a promotional relegation guy. I don't want it. I, I kind of like it. But for anybody who's really set on you have to have promotion relegation, couldn't it get to the point where we have so many teams that now you almost say, hey, next year the top, whatever, say there's 36 teams, the top 18 teams our MLS one again. And the bottom are MLS two. There is only one way that happens, Bill, and that's if the teams that are are that are allocated to MLS two get a big fat check to soften that blow. That's the only way it happens, and I don't even know if the owners will be agree. The owners of those teams would agree to it then, because what you've got is is a group of people that paid a certain amount of money to end the league. It doesn't even matter if it's the five million from nineteen ninety six or the hundred million from this year. They signed up for MLS, and you ch if you change that on them and say, hey, now we've got MLS 1 and MLS 2, et cetera, et cetera, now you've got lawsuits. And is that something that anybody wants in American soccer, a lawsuit from some team that's been allocated to MLS 2 just so he can have promotion and relegation? And I'm not set for it, but I'm saying if there are guys out there who say we have to, absolutely must have promotion and relegation one day, this is, to me, is the only way it would work because now, Everybody's under the same contract. Everybody's agreed on their stadiums. Everybody's agreed, like, all the rules are the same. We're all getting the same money. Everything is exactly the same across the board. And all of a sudden, the league has just gotten so big that you can say, 
you know what? We'll split it next year, and there's your promotion relegation. Yeah, I and mean, like I said, I'm not for it. But if you want it, that's the only way I can see this ever happening. You, you got to get everybody around the table, and they all have to agree on the process for getting there. And, 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 and rather than, again, the value judgment, is it good or is it bad, I'm, I'm, I'm putting that aside, the practical problem of getting all of those people to agree on something. Uh, you know, Can you dictate from the top? Can you have whoever's in charge of of MLS at the time. And remember, you know, this is a board of governors situation in terms of the league. Can you dictate from U.S. soccer? Can you have somebody step up and say, this is how things are going to be. You either come with us or you don't. And that be a good thing for American soccer. That's the, that's the question. It's a multi-billion dollar question over the next hundred year future of, of soccer in this country, Bill. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. Right. I, um, well, I also wanted to bring up one more thing. I called. Last week, and I was talking about the schedule and how MLS didn't come out with their schedule and they're missing an opportunity not coming out before Christmas. And they actually came out with the opening day. They and did. They said yeah. who they're playing. And which made me very happy. Now I'm going to break the news to my family over Christmas that I'm going to Montreal the second week of the season. And now you don't think Drogba's going to be there, do you? Uh, it's not looking good right now, Bill. It's not looking good at all. Uh, I don't know. I just... I got my Christmas switch, and they just threw it out the window now with Drogba not being there. Right, I'm really yeah. feeling he's not going to be there. Yeah, well, I mean, look, for you, that's a good thing. For, for Montreal Impact fans, that's not a good thing at all. Oh, uh, I know. All right. But I'd love to go up there and see him and beat him up there. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Bill, I appreciate the call, man. Got to move. Thank right, you. Uh, but Jonathan Tannewald, uh, I, I cut him off a little early. He wanted to wish a happy birthday to Adam Serrano. Uh, you know Adam Serrano as the LA Galaxy insider, and uh, and Jeff Kasouf, uh, who covers uh, women's soccer and does an excellent job over at EqualizerSoccer dot com and NBC Sports works for NBC Sports as well. Robert in Los Angeles, you're on the air. Hey, good morning, Jason. Good morning, Robert. Hey, I want to ask, uh, talk about uh, you know, the crazy show. Uh, what your for Boxing Day on Saturday, so what's your Boxing Day upset? I don't know who's playing on Boxing Day. I know Stoke is playing Manchester City. I don't have the. I don't have. Let me let me check the schedule, Robert. I mean, you you put me it's on, like every team. You, you, well, of course, every team. But I don't know. I don't know who's playing who. You're 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 killing me here, man. I mean, give me a put me on the spot on a on a Christmas Eve. Why would you do? No, I'm kidding. Hold on. Let me check. Let me check the schedule. I think you have access to like, the internet. <laughs> <laughs> if only you had that very, thing. Very, it would very be nice, good. right? <laughs> very good, very good, Robert. You, you're absolutely right. I do have access to the internet. All right, Stoke and Manchester City. Uh, that's at Stoke. Manchester, or sorry, Manchester United. Manchester City hosting Sunderland. Villa hosting West Ham. Bournemouth hosting Crystal Palace. Newcastle hosting Everton. Chelsea hosting Watford. Liverpool hosting Leicester City. Swansea hosting West Brom. Tottenham hosting Norwich. Southampton hosting Arsenal. Uh, let's see. Upset, upset, upset. I will say, if I have to pick an upset, I'll take Chelsea over Watford. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's gonna be a good one. Uh, uh, I'm gonna go with uh, uh, Arsenal losing to Southampton. Actually, that's, that's where I, I to for. And, uh, that's where I was gonna go to, yep. Robert. That's the, my legitimate one they, was that Southampton yeah. wins. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, because they just beat Manchester City, so they think they're it's gonna it's gonna be like a trap game for them. Yeah, okay, I could see that. And look, the the schedule is compact right now. I mean, it's it's a lot of games doing a lot of things right now. So yeah, I I could see that. Yeah, uh, this weekend, this weekend, and next week, and uh, like it's gonna be very, like pretty much a game every day for like on uh for the EPL. And also one more thing, uh, this is an off-topic question. Uh, I got all my Christmas shopping done the other day. And now I need to get wrapping paper. Do you prefer red or green? Uh, I'm more like a, like a silver kind of guy, like silver and, and maybe like, like a pattern, you know, it doesn't have to be red or green. It can be, you can, you can have a pattern. I'm not, not like, I don't need like cartoon characters or, or Frosty the Snowman, but you know, I, I like, I like some, I like some pattern. Yeah. Sorry. Like candy canes. Like, <laughs> yeah, something like that. Candy canes work. I, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know about any snow imagery out in LA, Robert. So maybe you go with candy canes. I mean, who, who can, who can argue with that? 
Okay, all right. Uh, that's my cop for us. Enjoy your, um, uh, your Christmas, and you too, Trevor, and everyone else with a soccer morning audience or their uh, non-denominational celebration of winter. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Jason. <laughs> Happy holidays. Happy New Year. Happy whatever you celebrate. Happy whatever you celebrate. Daniel in the ATL. What's up, man? Hey, good morning, Jason. Good morning. Um, I was looking at it like this way. The only way, like, MLS soccer in the United States will get more attention, will be like the biggest thing ever, is if, you know, money goes up. If if the players get paid like um, like they do in, in NBA or like they do in yeah, NFL, but, but Daniel, that's, that's how MLS will get more, more notice. But, that, but that's, a, that's a chicken and egg problem, don't you think? I mean, in order to get the money to pay the players, the sport's got to become bigger. The television revenue's got to come become bigger. Okay, well, how do you get there? Well, now you got to have better players who you got to pay more. So you you've created. A, I mean, I mean, this is obviously the, the the issue that MLS has to deal with year in and year out. But uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. Perception wise, these things matter. But you can't just make that money appear out of nowhere. I I know I know I know. But imagine imagine just you know a kid, right? And he's really into sports and he's, you know, he excels in soccer, basketball and football. No, I'm with you. you I'm know? with you. hundred yeah. percent. If he's, if he's only looking for the money, he'll choose football. And if he wants to travel around the, you know, the world, he'll probably choose basketball, but I'm in soccer. But I mean, you know, if, if, if he's an exceptional American youth, you know, it, the, the money goes to football because if you look at all these football players, they say they grew up with soccer. They say they grew up with soccer, and they say they played soccer, and then yet they play football because of the money. And no, but that's also because of the culture, we need, Daniel. It's because of the culture. Because of the culture as well, yeah. Okay, so because when you get to the age, and this happened to me, okay, uh, not that I was going to be a professional soccer player, but I loved playing, and I and I played on some pretty good teams back in the eighties, and I moved, and when I moved. I, I ended up in a place, and again, maybe this was on my parents for not finding the best league to, to put me in, but certainly we weren't rich by any stretch of the imagination, so they weren't going to pay thousands of dollars for me to play in the elite league. Uh, they signed me up. I find that the coaching is terrible and the players don't care uh, about soccer in Alabama. That's where it was because it was a football state and a football culture, and I quit, and then I ended up playing football because in America, when you hit high school age, what do you do? You play football. I mean, that's, that's just what it is. So I also play baseball, but the, so it, it, it's endemic to or baseball. It's it's endemic to something that has to change over a long stretch of time, Daniel. And maybe we'll get there. Maybe we won't. But for the time being, you know, soccer has to scrape scrape and claw for every talented athlete it can get. The thing, the thing between the '80s and now, it has changed drastically. Wouldn't you say so? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, a hundred percent. But and that's the thing, like. It's incremental, right? So we are still not satisfied, and we shouldn't be, but it's so much better than it was that we should also recognize that. Exactly. And, you know, I'm I'm, I'm a little on the – and speaking of pro route, I'm, I'm a little on the – I'm a little on the side of the owners. <laughs> Even though I love the players, I'm a little bit on the side of the owners because you invest, let's say, Miami or, or for instance, uh, Orlando, right? They were so close to making it to the playoffs, right? They spent I, I don't know a hundred million, hundred fifty million to come in. Yeah. And what if they ended up, you know, in the bottom of the league? Well, you know, uh, the Silva would have been really pissed off because he just spent a hundred million dollars on a team. Well, he, he never, but that's the thing. He, he never would have got, he never would have bought into MLS if there was a if there was a chance that his team is going to be relegated in the yeah. first year. That doesn't happen. And then again, the, it's the it's it's the condition of soccer in this country that precludes promotion and relegation from happening right now soccer is still in a growth phase so here's the thing people soccer is going to be in a growth phase for the next 50 years i mean really is there any reason to think that we aren't going to be adding teams to whatever leagues that we have uh, that are extant for the next 50 years and as long as you're adding teams how on earth are you going to pre present to some investor the notion that they could be relegated in their first season you can't do that so what? Now you give you, can't. you give expansion teams a um, a pass, or you only allow teams to come in at the bottom of the pyramid? Okay, well now you're limiting the resources that you're able to. You know, really rich people aren't going to want to buy the the team in the fourth division to see if they can get them to come up because there's no tradition of that here. I mean, I just 
it's it, it's just it's really just this circumstance that is the problem for the promotion relegation argument. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm not I'm not a hundred percent for it. I'm I'm kind of a little bit from like maybe ten percent for it, but at the same time, you know, the owners they're not gonna they're not gonna sign up to MLS like you said and spend one hundred fifty million dollars and in that same year lose it. Um, but then at the same time, uh, pro rel is a culture thing. Yeah. If we if we had pro rel and in college basketball, college football, college sports like that. You know, I, I see it kind of, you know, forming. Yeah. But you know, it it probably won't happen, and more than likely won't happen for the next fifty or some odd years. Whenever MLS looks like a a profit, because mm-hmm. that's all it really is—it's a profit. If, if teams aren't making a profit, then an owner is not going to want to willingly. Well, it, it's either look, it's, it, it, it's either, see it drop. It's either profit, or if it's not profit, then it's equity. Okay, it's 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 the value of the club going up. I mean, I. I was just reading something, um, the, the, I think over at World Soccer Talk talking about the, the fudging of ticket sale numbers and, 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 and attendance numbers not being accurate. And this is true. Now it applies to all sports across most leagues that, that the, the number of people in the stands is very rarely the, the number of, uh, the number reported by the team. Uh, but it's a matter of, for MLS, that's a matter of making or losing money. Because if you're not, if you're, if you're not selling out, you're probably not making money or if you're not, Selling a lot of tickets, you're not making money in a league that doesn't have a lot of television revenue. So for MLS owners, it's not always about, again, losing money, making money. I mean, you don't want to lose millions of dollars a year. It's about whether or not your investment, it's an investment, is going to accrue value over time. You got anything else? Yeah. Uh, Daniel, I was going to give you a, uh, just, a shirt number. You want a shirt number, yeah. right? Yeah, you gave me a shirt number a long time ago. Did I? Yeah, remember? Oh, no, okay. You probably don't remember. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Trevor said something about shirt number. Uh, oh, he wanted oh, no, he want you wanted me to you wanted me to shout out the he want you you wanted me to reference the number. I haven't been I've been slacking on that the the shirt number uh, referencing situation. I know you I figured you had one. I just didn't know what it was. What do you remember what it is? Yeah, sixty eight. I mean, it, it's been a while since I called. You know, new work, new new life, and stuff like that. New so, life, yeah. new life is good. I, I wish you uh, happy holidays, Daniel. Thanks for all the calls in twenty fifteen. I'm sure we'll talk next year. All right. Happy holidays. Bye, bye Trevor. Bye, Jason. <laughs> bye. <laughs> the bye, Trevor. Everybody should say bye to Trevor when they hang up the phone. Yeah, everybody should do that. Jason in oh, Vegas, you're on the air. Hey, just wanted to say Merry Christmas to my favorite podcast crew. Thank you for all the hard work all throughout the year. Yeah, I appreciate um, that, Jason. I'm on a fight. Go ahead. No, you're up. Go ahead. Oh, uh, I'm on a flight, uh, getting ready to take off from Vegas to go see my mama in Texas and just man, enjoying the show. Enjoyed it all year. Um, as far as MLS player salaries, listen, I'm just one of those guys. Quit, quit the DP and the TAM. It's nonsense. The, the teams are spending the money. The owners have the money. They just want to allocate it to aging European players who they can sell jerseys for. Yeah. If they ever oh, want absolutely. America's best kids. You know, if we want our kids in the ghetto, we want our kids with athletic talent to come play soccer, they're going to have to start paying Americans big money and get an American kid who's 18 with a bunch of hot chicks and a big set, <laughs> you know, half-million-dollar car living in a mansion. That's what it's going to take. All right. That's a, that's a good that's place. A Thanks. You know, it's a, it's a beautiful – thanks for the call, Jason. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Enjoy your uh, – have a good flight. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Uh, that's a that's like a great yeah there you go that's like a, a great christmas wish to end this show on then the final show before christmas we actually will have shows before the new year i think we're going to be back tuesday wednesday thursday of next week uh we'll definitely be here tuesday i know that all right so we'll have some you know we'll have some look ahead uh, look you know look back to 2015 look ahead to 2016 we'll do that next week but this has been a good one thank you so much for hanging out with us um Pretty much, uh, very low key, whatever, whatever type of show. We went, we went through a bunch of, man, that's a, that's a good number of calls we got today, too. You guys stepped up. I very much appreciate it. All right. Anything, final wishes? Trevor. Trevor Hayward, anything you want to say for the people that I can relay since your mic doesn't work, uh, before we get out of here? Get wrecked. Okay. Every, Trevor says get wrecked, uh, which I think is a good sentiment here on a Christmas Eve. I'm going to go find, find out where that eggnog is. Um, man, there's so much, so many things I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go relax. Oh, Sirius XM FC. See, uh, see you over there. Merry Christmas, happy holidays. Bye.
I only say now, I am focused on Stoke City. I help my players. I wish you a Merry Christmas and maybe also a Happy New Year when I see you. And uh, enjoy the wine and the mince pie. Goodbye. Sorry, what is that? Louis, you're not taking Christmas with the meat. No.